guys, welcome back to another Freaky Fast Friday episode where we give you the scoop on a case in 30 minutes or less. So sit back, make yourself a drink or a cup of tea, and join us for this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Um, This week we are talking about a pretty controversial case. Um, We're talking about Byron David Smith. Um, He was a homeowner in Little Falls, Minnesota, and he brought about a huge discussion of what is covered in the Castle Doctrine um, when he murdered two teenagers who broke into his home on Thanksgiving Day 2012. Smith was 64 in um, 2012 and retired from the U.S. State Department. Um, he had always been unmarried. At trial, Smith claimed he had been regularly burglarized, although only one instance was actually reported to the police or could even be substantiated. There was even evidence of a burglary of Smith's garage that he seemed to know nothing about. Like they found evidence that somebody had like taken stuff out of there, but he clearly didn't know about it. The most recent burglary um, before the crime was October 27th, and it resulted in around in around $10,000 of guns, electronics, and other property being stolen. A Remington rifle and a 22 caliber pistol were listed as stolen items. These were similar types of guns to those used to murder um, Kiefer and Brady. Bruce Smith, Byron's brother, has more or less justified the panic that his brother supposedly went through. So his brother is like, oh my god, he was just like this old man and he was trying to defend himself and But then, like, the neighbors are like, yeah, he used to, like, shoot his gun in his backyard. And, like, you know, he clearly was, like, very open about, like, having guns. And, like, it seems like he was not afraid of anybody, to be honest. A neighbor even asked the police at one point to, like, do something about the shooting that he was constantly doing. But apparently his house was, like, just on the outside of city limits. So, like, like, technically Um... he wasn't breaking any city laws. Um. Which is, yeah, anyway. Smith uh, began carrying a gun around his home in a holster and was reportedly stockpiling supplies to hide in his basement. Uh, so he was, like, basically carrying a gun around his home when he was there alone. It's interesting. <laughs> says paranoid to me. It's interesting that he's so paranoid, considering we technically only know of the one burglary, right? And so there so- isn't even yeah so only he only reported one to the police although he claimed it was happening all the time so Mm -hmm. here's the thing he he was almost definitely like these two had definitely burglarized him at least once was he being burglarized constantly and like all the time and was he in fear for his life that's kind of like what's in question here you know Mm -hmm. and so whether or not he was kind of just going insane almost by like basically driving himself insane and being paranoid or by being paranoid yeah um his biggest argument at trial was that he like feared for his life um so the castle doctrine a little bit of like background about this is a law quote allows property owners to while on their property so they have to be on their own property take reasonable measures to protect themselves and their property even if those measures would otherwise be illegal depending on the state Murder can be justified in certain situations, while in other states, retreat is supposed to be the first option if one truly fears for their life. Minnesota is interesting because I think it's a fairly gun-friendly state. So, But it's also pretty It's interesting liberal, they got convicted. So, Is it pretty liberal? From what I know, at least in like the city, yeah. 
On November 22nd, 2012, which was Thanksgiving Day, Haley Kiefer, 18, and her cousin Nicholas Brady, 17, were seen on Smith's home surveillance footage uh, casing the home and eventually breaking into the home. So casing is like you're kind of like walking around making sure nobody's there or okay. like seeing if there's um, something that got left unlocked or like that kind of thing, casing mm-hmm. it. Little did they know Smith had actually parked his car down the street to appear he wasn't home and he was currently hiding in the basement. That's so premeditated. Yeah. And well, and that's exactly what they found in trial, you know. Good. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that is like the smoking gun kind of to say of, yeah, of the totally. case. Like, but it's it's one thing if like there was, you know, like a horror movie style, someone coming into your house and going into every room and every closet and looking for you and you were hiding in a closet you know and then they come that'd be different yeah that's completely different that would be a different story for like why you could hide and then like you know when you have a chance to make a move you can make a move but different than these two young people were probably i mean admittedly not going to do good things they were probably going to steal a bunch of stuff from this guy that's not yeah he's hiding purposefully so he can like ambush them basically so um, the next several events, there is audio and sparse video evidence of, um, although Smith maintained that he was acting completely in self-defense. So he had actually set up, so he had like security cameras all the way around the perimeter of his house. Um, he had a couple security cameras inside of his house, I believe. And then he had set up like a camcorder, like handheld camcorder in the basement. I'm sure that's what he was trying to get was some kind of evidence that he was in danger but so, also parking the car on the street is like he was bait. he was luring them. It was for in sure. my personal opinion, and I obviously agree. the jury found that as well. He was luring them. And don't get me wrong, like I do want to pause and say, like Nicholas Brady and Haley Kiefer, they definitely like had bad intentions, right? Were they going there to kill him? No, no. Were they going there to steal a bunch of his shit? Like, yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> but that's, is that worth? Is that, does that mean they deserve death? to die? You know, being, I guess it kind of depends on how you view that kind of thing, you know? Not even like just die that he like walked in and was like, oh gosh, and shot his gun at their leg or something. Not like that. Yes. Like this guy's Well, because he wasn't surprised by out. them. Yeah. No. He wasn't because like he's caught off guard. Yeah. yeah. He knew they were coming. It was like, he was like, because of how he had felt like leading up to this point that you know everyone had been burglarizing him and he was under attack sort of mm-hmm. it's like this was his moment to like show everybody that he wasn't messing around you know yeah kind of. kind of how i see it which of course didn't pay off anyway because the jury found him guilty of murder so well and i'll i'll, I'll read you guys a quote of him like in trial later and it's he definitely thought he was 100% in the right. Crazy. He thought that, like, he he basically had gotten to the point of, I mean, the only word I can think of is delusion, where he thought, like, the only way that he could yeah. stop them from burglarizing him would be to kill them. Yeah. So, like, he had gotten to that point. And, like, don't get me wrong, he 100% knew what he was doing and he 100% knew it was murder. But he still kind of, like, in the end thought it would be justified. Yeah. So, yeah, like, the next couple things are, there's, like, video and audio evidence of them. So, like, these are non-negotiables, essentially. So, as Nicholas Brady descended into the basement um, in the dark because Smith had removed all the light bulbs. um, Weird. 
and he had uh, hidden out of sight for about 12 minutes. Hold on. Wouldn't it have been easier to just take the fuses out? Like, what or, is up with the light bulbs? That's timely or that's time consuming. Again. Well, he purposely so... didn't want them to switch on the light to the basement and see him because he was just sitting there. Well, he was hidden behind something. We'll post some pictures on the Instagram of like what the room setup looked like and like how you would clearly not be able to see him when you were coming down the stairs. Oh, um, gotcha. So he, from the time that um, Nicholas Brady and Haley Kiefer had um, broken into the house, it had been about 12 minutes that he was sitting in the basement. Um, Smith, as he, as uh, Brady walked down the stairs, Smith shot him twice while he was on the stairs. And then he shot him once more in the head after he had fallen down the stairs onto the ground. And these are teenagers, right? Um, so Nicholas Brady was 17 and Haley Kiefer was 18. So they're, they're pretty young. I mean, not young enough to not know the consequences of their actions. No, but, but teenagers. But- and I mean, so I guess you could argue that Smith didn't see if he was carrying, like if Brady was carrying like a weapon. I guess mm. you could argue that, but to shoot him twice and then also shoot him in the head once he had fallen down the stairs well and so the issue that arises here is you would need to like after he had felt fallen on the ground you would want to be like to find the line where self-defense ends you would have to be like would a reasonable person see that see him laying on the ground and think that he could still get up and hurt yeah um, exactly byron david smith yeah like at that point he's not a and that's what's in anymore. question so that's very, what's in question very good point yeah. that's what's in question um so and then so after he shot him in the head on the ground he uh byron david smith apparently made some taunting remarks to the body obviously this is on audio um and he wrapped it uh the body in a tarp and dragged it out of sight of the stairwell stairwell so like off to the side oh god so that Haley wouldn't see but she probably heard it no she most definitely yeah but you would have come byron david smith goes upstairs at one point um presumably presumably to look for Haley kiefer to kill her Mm -hmm. um and then he returns downstairs after about 15 minutes and hides in the same spot he wasn't before so he's like behind this like um i think it's like a bookshelf or a shelf of some so she was so there but she hadn't gone in yet so kiefer who was not in the home at first but entered a few minutes after smith's return to the basement can be heard calling for nicholas okay like in the audio and video so like Smith went upstairs, saw that she hadn't entered the home yet, um, was doing whatever around the house upstairs, probably heard her come in, went back down. Um, and then between the time that he returned to the basement and Haley came into the basement, you can hear on the video um, her calling for Nicholas. As she came down the stairs, Smith shot her. As she fell to the ground, he is heard saying, oh, sorry about that, when his gum- gun jams. So like his gun, the sound of his gun jamming. And then he says, oh, sorry about that. Kiefer screams, oh my God, several times as Smith shoots her in the torso a few times. He then shoots her in the head just to the side of her left eye. He calls her derogatory names as he drags her into the area where Nicholas lays and finally kills her by shooting her um, under the chin. So the next day, Smith finally reports the death to the police the county sheriff understood that the teens were definitely there to burglarize the home. So like the county sheriff responded to the, um, there was probably a deputy, but the, the county sheriff like definitely agrees that the teens were there to burglarize the home. 
is well yeah and i and i i mean technically he's correct they were there to probably i mean assume we assume that they were there to burglarize the home but then literally everything else that happens after that is completely smith's fault you know what i mean yeah i mean so like this is a really controversial case and as soon as i started reading what it was about i was like hesitant to do it because it's a little bit political if you think about it because there's obviously about 50 50 down the middle of people that are like oh he was in every right to do this but i mean in theory he could have done the same thing got as much as he could on video of them walking around his house Mm -hmm. and then just submitted that to the police police. yeah okay but here is my thing why and I get it, like, everybody's gun ownership views are different, but, like, I just, like, morally, by, like, regular old human morals, in what world, like, it's, you shouldn't be able to kill somebody for, like, mm-hmm. stolen property. That's well, illegal, he, at least here. Mm-hmm. He's, he, like, brutally murdered these people, too. It wasn't like, like I said earlier, sort of, it wasn't like he shot them in the leg to like stop he made them. Sure they were dead oh he murdered he did. them he kind of like executed them if you think about it as, like as as to make a point basically is what he why he did it at least that's my opinion like he murdered them to make a point that no one was gonna steal from me again you know sort of thing well yeah and so which we're is, gonna get into which is like not, the trial not good yeah so um the by the way smith's like argument for not calling the police the day like the day it happened was that it was thanksgiving and it was a holiday okay um sure yeah they they laid in the house dead for like almost 24 hours you know yeah while he was there yeah it's kind of gross right like you know about like 50 percent or like you know he had every right to do that there's like a facebook page that's called um byron david smith is a hero what I, that kept coming up when i googled byron david smith and you know everybody has the right to like protect their home like I'm not necessarily arguing that I'm more arguing that this was like an opportunistic murder if you really think about it like he was probably going to like he had a murderous heart and then these kids just happened to be the kids that the people that he like could easily murder even if you give him the benefit of the doubt that it wasn't premeditated, he still made the choice to murder them. Like Hannah said, he could have like, I mean, shooting somebody in the leg is dangerous because you have a really big artery, but like he could have done like a less fatal wound Mm -hmm. if he was really scared, but he like literally shot them. And then once they were down, shot them in the head because he wanted them to be dead. And that's where it falls outside of castle doctrine, right? So yeah. castle doctrine is more about self-defense. Protecting yourself, yes. And truly, so we'll get, so here's kind of some arguments that were brought up during trial. So the biggest argument in court was that although the initial debilitating shots to both Kiefer and Brady could fall under self-defense, and therefore the castle doctrine so like when he first shot them both on the stairs because mm-hmm. the thing is is those probably debilitated him and that uh, there was a huge argument in court that brought in a bunch of experts like uh to testify like whether or not those shots would have debilitated both of those like really young healthy people right um 
So these technically fall under self-defense, but the subsequent shots that were definitely intended to kill were too much as um, the threat was already gone. So like when he decided to shoot one of them in the chin um, to like execute them, like that no longer fell under self-defense or the castle doctrine. Yeah. The county sheriff, um, Michael Wetzel, acknowledged that the, this is a quote, the law doesn't permit you to execute somebody once the threat is gone. So he did like, he was like, you know, it definitely would have been justified for him to shoot them and then call 911 because he, you know, he was older and even like the county sheriff was like, you know, I could have like seen it being self-defense if he had just shot him like once on the stairs. And then immediately called the police. Like that would be a completely different story. You know, if he really cared about bringing these kids to justice, I think that he would have just set cameras up. If he knew that they were going to come back and burglarize him again, he could have just done that, right? He, I mean, yeah, I agree. I think that, I also think that for the most part, you don't just like accidentally become a murderer. Like you have that, you have the ability and like the want, the desire to murder people. Not to mention he like drug, he drug him away from the staircase. Like I, you know, the more I think about this case, the more I'm like, I just truly don't understand how even like the biggest like gun safe, gun self-defense proponent could, I just don't even understand about how, like how they consider this to fall under that. Like, don't get me wrong. You have every right to like shoot anybody that comes in your house. Like if somebody comes in and I don't know who they fucking are, yeah, I'm shooting them, you know? Like, you know, but I can't see myself like walking up to their body and shooting them in the head, you know? Well, and, yes. and that's exactly what the sheriff Especially when they're saying. laying on the ground. Yeah. Like, like they're laying on the ground, he you know? Ex- he, he execution style murdered them to, pr- to make a point that no one was going to steal from me again. Like that's what, th- that is like what I, yeah. I see this- and it comes down to like a law thing, right? Like, sure, you can be like, oh yeah, I'd totally, I'd kill somebody if they tried to harm me, right? Like if they came into my house and tried to harm me, but the law doesn't protect you against murder, you know? Like if they had accidentally died, like let's say he had shot them both once as they came out on the stairs and he had ran up, called the police. And in that time they had bled out. That would totally, I believe he would have been in the right in that situation yeah that would have been a different case i think it's the events that happened after he after they were both debilitated and again the so byron david smith's um defense is gonna kind of argue whether or not they were debilitated so yeah we can assume that two people this young would have likely stayed on the ground once shot and would almost certainly not have gotten up and continued to burglarize or threaten smith i've never been shot obviously but (laughs) Especially somebody really young who had never been shot, they probably would have been either so shocked or like, you know, in pure shock or scared. They probably would have like just laid there. If these were like trained assassins or whatever, Mm -hmm. and they had been shot before and they knew how it felt to get shot, it's probably reasonable to believe that they would have like, they could have gotten up and harmed Byron David Smith because he was old. Like, they could have ganged up on him and hurt him severely. But I was just looking at pictures of these kids, and, like, these are just normal teenagers. 
granted mm-hmm. normal teenagers that burglarize people but yeah like they're He's not down a really bad path in life for sure yeah like if anything if you know he would have fired shots and they were like not hit or something they would just run out i would assume and here's the thing byron david smith like i think it was up to him and he didn't have a defense attorney and a defense team he probably would have been like listen i completely intended on killing them and i feel like i'm justified there is six hours of audio from a small camera in the basement in addition to the security footage particularly incriminating audio of smith apparently rehearsing what he would say to the attorney that he knew you would have to hire because he knew he would be in the wrong. So there was like a little clip of him like Smith later made several damning statements about how he had no choice but to take the law into his own hands. Um, He at one point said he was no quote bleeding heart liberal and that is um, it in that if the justice system wouldn't stop the burglaries then he would. He thought okay this is the night I'm gonna take you know, I'm going to take it into my own hands and I'm going to kill these people so they don't like, kind of like trying to prove a point, like, oh ha ha ha, you guys didn't listen to me and then I killed these people because like, they wouldn't stop burglarizing me. So Byron David Smith also later admitted he had fired more shots than necessary, like he said that. So, uh, the trial began on April 21st, 2014. So this is like the following or about two years. They had done like a decent amount of, it was like a year and a half. They'd done a decent amount of like finding expert witnesses. And wow. I'm sure there was quite a bit of like trying to decide if they were even going to pro um, what's the word prosecute this as a criminal case. Like I'm sure that they kind of had to make that decision. So a coroner testified during the trial about the autopsy she had performed on the bodies on November 24th so this was um so that would have been two days after um they died so one particular wound she described was the shot to the right side of Brady's head where the bullet had first passed through his hand um so it's likely he had kind of like brought his hand up in self-defense and then the bullet had passed through his hand into his head um or like kind of it kind of grazed the side of his head um, this same coroner also testified two different guns were used to shoot Haley Kiefer. Um, these were a rifle and then a 22 caliber pistol. Right, because he said his gun got jammed. Defense attorney Mesh Besher asked the coroner if the first two shots to Brady would have been, would have made him debilitated enough to not stand, um, to which she answered not necessarily, although he would have been able, unable to use his right hand. The coroner was also asked about her knowledge of the drug uh, dextromethorpan and whether or not this drug could have made um, Kiefer hallucinate at the time of the break-in because the toxicology reported um, that she had enough in her system to be like quote-unquote high. So I'm not familiar with this drug dextromethorpan. The coroner agreed she was likely high but um, maybe not hallucinating like only chronic users of it hallucinate while on it. So it's it's, a it's cough co- medicine. If she was hallucinating, why would that have mattered? There are certain drugs, especially stimulants, that you can not be immune to pain, but like your pain, oh. like she could have gotten up from the bullets, the shots, okay. you know, okay. like a I lot see. easier than if she was sober. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, obviously that's speculation too. Like in my opinion, the defense attorney was asking the coroner to speculate. And I know that that's generally not accepted in court. If she was taking like cough medicine medicine, and she was high. Yeah. It's like Robitussin. That's like the name for it. Oh, okay. Um, like certain kinds of Robitussin and which I don't even know anybody that gets high on Robitussin. Is that a thing still? Um, I know it's in like, so in rap songs, in rap songs, yeah, in, in lean, but- <laughs> in lean, people put it in lean. So, uh, Smith was initially charged with two counts of second degree murder. Um, but this was Bless. later changed to first degree murder. Um, this makes a lot of sense if you look at the requirements for first degree as, um, well as the fact that he, lay and wait in the basement for almost 30 minutes yep, lay and wait is um, that, that line in first degree murder that that, that took yeah. it well and like to be honest that took it from manslaughter to murder in my opinion oh yeah well i remember in the the eo green shooting episode we talked about how lying in wait it's premeditated like you can't have one without the other yeah so He was found guilty on two counts of first-degree murder with premeditation and two counts of second-degree murder on April 29th. The jury said that the audio and the video was the main factor in their decision on whether or not to prosecute him on first-degree murder. One of the jurors called him, um, quote, a deranged individual. Not really. (laughs) He was sentenced to life in prison without parole. So in August 2014, a couple months after um, the trial, Smith, um, he actually didn't testify at his murder trial, but Smith argued in court that he should not have to pay the restitution to the family of the victims. So he didn't testify at his own murder trial, but he, in August 2014, went to court specifically to not pay restitution. His argument was that the $42,000 in restitution um, was overshadowed by the $53,000 in personal property that he had um, lost due to the due to Nicholas Brady and Haley Kiefer's break-ins. That, How do they, do they know for a fact that it was them and the other break-ins? Uh, as far as I know, there wasn't any proof of them doing it. I, I'm pretty sure they were like the sole suspects, um, but I'm not 100% positive that there was any kind of proof. How do you even steal 53 grand worth of? This man had a lot of guns and ammo and Mm -hmm. claimed his insurance only ever reimbursed him for $16,000 of um, the lost property from the incident that he had reported. Um, As far as I can tell, his motion to not have to pay them restitution was denied. So Smith appealed to the Minnesota Supreme Court and was denied. Um, The court confirmed the decision on the original decision on March 9th, uh, 2016. In November 2018, Smith's lawyers appealed federally to overturn his conviction. They're using the argument that Smith was not awarded a fair um, because Smith himself alleges the jury was selected in a way to pick people who were anti-gun in some way. This is his argument um, that the trial trial wasn't fair. And then um, he was also not awarded an open trial according to them. Um, this was an argument because the court apparently was briefly closed to the public due to administrative reasons, um, to which the prosecutors respond that this was um, in no way a factor and probably would not have affected the guilty verdict. So like under, you know, the law of this country, you have to have a fair and open trial. So like the public has to be able to go in and watch to make sure it's being fair, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then jury selection is can be can, it can make a big difference but I don't know that it would have made 
that big of a difference in this particular case, whether or not the jurors were anti-gun or not. Like, I don't think that would have made that much of a difference. Because I think that even a responsible pro-gun owner, I I think that somebody who, even if they were super pro-gun and like super pro-home defense, I don't know that they would have agreed with that either. I think they still would have. That's a whole different crime than him killing these teenagers. (laughs) Like, looking on Reddit just a minute ago, um, and like pretty much everyone says that exact same thing. They're like, there's literally no, like people are on Reddit saying, I believe in like protecting your own house and owning guns if you want to. Yeah, so do but I, totally. But there's no way. <laughs> there's no way that that is like justified. I mean, but again, there's like, there's a whole Facebook group in support of him. There's a lot of people that think he's some kind of like champion of like the castle doctrine. It is obviously, according to the jurors, like direct quote that the video was super important. He uh, is pretty understood that he would have never gone convicted without the home security footage and then like the creepy things that he was heard saying on the um, like home camcorder. But yet the deciding factor for the cops to pursue an investigation was that he had dragged their bodies from where they had fallen dead and he had shot each of them well beyond what would have debilitated them. So that's kind of what took it from like a home invasion to like the cops were like, man, we should probably look deeper into this. Mm-hmm. Additionally, his insistence on the audio that he was in the right and that he was cleaning up a mess and that he was, quote, finally safe, says to me that he intended on killing them and just needed a reason to do it. This man was already a killer and he would have killed someone no matter what. Uh, the movie Trespassing from 2016 is directly based on this case. And then um, the movie Don't Breathe, it's the one with the blind guy. Oh, really? Yeah. It was, like, loosely inspired by these events. So, yeah, that's this week's episode, you guys. Uh, Hopefully we didn't get too political on you, but let us know what you think in the comments on YouTube or send us a DM on Instagram. Uh, As always, we'll be posting some relevant pictures on um, our Instagram at whowhatwherepodcast. And we will see you next Monday. Thanks for listening, guys. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.